greetings. I wanted to share with you a podcast really talking about meditation for spiritual growth and discernment and specifically answering the questions can and how should Christian meditate? So maybe 15 years ago, um, my name is uh, Dr. Michael Christie here, uh, by the way. I got on this journey, investigated meditation uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago and resisted it because I thought it was not a Christian thing to do. And you might have wrestled with the same thing uh, yourself. It took me about uh, 15 years to work through that, to discover that I had uh, the wrong impression and understanding of meditation. And I want to share that with you, maybe to clarify for you as well. So what comes to mind when you hear the word meditation? And how would you define it? Most of us define meditation as really focusing hard on something, meditating on it. And oftentimes when we hear the scripture saying meditate on my word, we just consider that to mean really paying attention and spending time with the word. And that is true and a form of meditation. But God really has a deeper, more profound practice of meditation that he wants us to practice and to draw closer uh, to him. Meditation really just means focus attention or reflection or contemplation or pondering for insight. Those are all different words one could use for meditation. And so many of us in the past have thought, well, meditation is for Buddhists, or meditation is New Age, meditation uh, is not Christian. I certainly felt that way for a long time. Then I discovered something that the older monks, Christian monks, were great meditators. That was a very big part of their practice. And in, their, in between 1707 and the 1800s, during the Enlightenment period, somehow Christians uh, stopped meditating. The monks stopped meditating. And most of us are aware about meditation from some Jewish tradition uh, 1500 BC, the first document of meditation occurred in India and then to China, Japan, and then to the West. That's kind of how it traveled. 1960, transcendental meditation um, and half the yoga spread in the U.S., giving birth to New Age and the hippies. And many church uh, pastors saw that and figured they wanted nothing to do with meditation. During the time of the hippies when transcendental meditation came, they were not only getting high, they were using meditation and getting high as a way of having out-of-body experiences. And so the church wanted nothing to do with that. And so we threw the bathwater out with the baby. Or the baby out with the bathwater. And then forbid meditation. And said it was a Buddhist thing and it wasn't Christian. If you look at the early Hebrew texts, Abraham, uh, Joseph, and many of those guys were went off to, to meditate. Meditation 
wasn't a new thing, certainly Buddhist meditation was one way of cultivating meditation. And when it really became popular in the U.S., after losing some ground in the 1960s and becoming kind of Buddhist or New Age thing, John Kabat-Zinn, who was a Buddhist and went studied Buddhism overseas, he was also a U.S. physician. And so when he came back at UMass, he started using meditation for pain management with some of his patients and found profound results. And so he started many studies until the mindfulness-based stress reduction program was developed. And there are thousands of studies showing its benefit in terms of reducing anxiety, depression, PTSD, even our tolerance uh, for pain. So here we are now um, in a space where we can recognize that meditation is definitely Christian and we ought to be doing it. Right? All through the scriptures, the Bible is encouraging us to, to meditate and calling us to meditation. So, Christian meditation is a form of meditation that pays attention to God's Word. Christian meditation is a form of meditation that will profoundly transform your prayer life, your study, your devotion, and if you're a preacher, your preaching life. And it most definitely is the key to increasing your discernment of the Spirit and the will of God in your life. Meditation um, in and of itself um, will help with all kind of health benefits. Uh, as I mentioned before, depression and PTSD will help with stress and cardiac issue, HDHT, improve our well-being, increase our attention and focus, increase our happiness, improve our relationship. It's just every aspect of life it is able to benefit. So the question is how do we do it? Before I answer that question, I'd like to share four levels of praying. First level is praying, is praying at God. Second level is praying to God. Third level is listening to God. And the fourth level is being with God. First level of praying at God is what I call off-the-shelf prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my Lord, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray my Lord, my soul to take. That's something we were taught when we were young. Prayer we use at the dinner table. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Things that our parents were trying to teach us the value of prayer. But it became something we studied and repeated. And oftentimes, for most of us, we're not connected to the prayer. That's praying at God. That's just throwing it at God because it's a prayer. And then praying to God is what most of us do. Most of us are at level two praying where we pray, um, as Paul says, you know, don't be anxious for anything, but everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known. And so we do. We pray. We pray to God and ask him for 
uh, our needs. And we follow the model that Jesus left for us, our Father which art in heaven, adoration and supplication. Um, we do all that, but all, most of the time that's praying uh, to God. Where we're doing most of the talking. And even when we're glorifying God and telling Him how wonderful He is, we're still talking. We haven't been taught how to cultivate the next level of prayer, which is listening to God. How to have a communication, a dialogue with God where not only am I talking, but I'm also listening to the voice of God. This is what meditation will do. And we will continue the next episode on how we do all of this. Welcome back. Last episode, we talked about meditation and whether or not it was a Christian thing to do. Hopefully, I shared, uh, rather, what I shared clarified the fact that it's very Christian. And so, many different traditions practice meditation meditation it's a gift to, to from God to all of humanity um, so you have the Buddhists and you have Hindus and you have um, folks from the Jewish tradition folks from the Muslim Islamic tradition then there's what you call secular meditation which is not geared to any kind of spiritual practice but it's just done for um, well-being and relaxation and so we are talking about how can Christian meditate. So we've established that, yes, we should. And I'll go through um, later all, the, not all, but some of the texts that support the call for Christian to meditate. The question is not, should we meditate? The question is, how do we meditate? And what is the right way of meditation? And so we also spoke about the levels of prayer. First level, uh, level one was praying at God. Those prayers that our parents taught us, you know, at the dinner table, God is good, God is great. Let us thank him for our food. We kind of just rehearsed them without much thought. The next level was um, praying to God, which is the place that most of us are. And praying to God is just us offering to God our supplication, our request, our thanksgiving, our adoration. <clears throat> but if prayer is communication with God and a dialogue with God, then us doing all the talking, me doing all the talking, uh, is a one-way communication. And I certainly want to hear from God. It's a part of how we develop discerning the voice of God is to the next level of prayer which is listening to God. And we learn to listen to God by having a meditative practice. So meditation practice is a practice that teaches us how to be still, teaches us how to value the present moment, how to just accept what is, not to be in our head trying to create something about the future, not rehearsing something about our past, but just being present. And it's possible to sit there and do nothing in the presence of God in your prayer, just waiting for you to sense God's spirit and voice. And sometimes you hear something and um, oftentimes you won't. And in going through your day, the question that you raise before God in prayer 
you get uh, a greater sense or greater clarity. And of course, the more we meditate is the more uh, we are able to discern God's voice. And then the fourth level is just you being with God, just being happy, being still, knowing that God is there and not having to have to feel anything or God proving himself that he exists, but you just being there and knowing that God is. And so let's quickly just talk about some Christian um the Christian journey for meditation. So, uh, in the text, probably back in 400 BCE, uh, meditation was very much a part of the Israelites' uh, spirituality and practice. And so, there was uh, a book called Jewish Meditation, published in 1985, that talks about this, and also talks about how uh, many of the schools of the prophets were really like monasteries. They were actually like meditation schools because the Jews believed the way you got to know God is through meditation. And so there are several words in the Hebrew text that are used um, that can be translated or points to meditation. Kavana is one of them, which means to concentrate or to, um, having feelings, uh, intentions, um, but it's the direction of the heart. The root word for kavan is to aim, like aiming consciousness towards a central goal. Often this is used in relationship to prayer and worship. <clears throat> and then you have, uh, this is why you find many, many Jewish prayer are in the form of uh, chants and repetition. Uh, which is also another form of prayer um, and meditation. We hear sometimes Buddhists chanting or other folks, other monks chanting, and we think it's kind of weird, but it's actually a very ancient way to meditate and to pray and to focus the mind, really. The, the chanting and the repetition, one is so your soul really get the, the issue and you're not rushing off to something else. Repetition is what sinks this down into our long-term memory, but it also keeps the mind focused because our mind is designed to think. And if it does what it's designed to do, we will constantly be thinking and doing other things and not being focused on what we want it to be focused on. That's why sometimes when you pray, your mind is all over the place because it's thinking. But the more you train it to be still, is the more you can actually be present with God. Um, most of the time you're in prayer. Then there's a word, Hebrew word, Hebrew, Hebronit taunt. Hibonitant, Hiboninot, 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 thank you. That was a hard one to say. Uh, and it means uh, really uh, self understanding, self awareness, self isolation. Um, and and Haga is another word which is, like I mentioned earlier, the repeating of a word is like a mantra. And. Um, so all through the text, all through the text, the Hebrew text, and the, uh, you have um, Hebrew words that are pointing to meditation.
So what does the Bible say about meditation? If you look at Genesis 2, 7, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril breath, the breath of life, and man became a living creature. And this word breath is also the word that is used for spirit. And so God literally breathed his spirit into us from dust and we became a living being. It's God's spirit that gives us life, the breath, the air. And it's so wonderful, such a great representation of God because as we know, air and the breath is everywhere. And if and where you can't have access to it, there is no life, There's no air, no breathing, no life. And, and so air is to the body as spirit is to the soul, to our being. It is necessary. And, and so you'll find that in many traditions, regardless of uh, what faith tradition you have, uh, the breath is often a central piece of the meditation practice. One, you want to be able to focus on one thing, and so you can train the mind to pay attention and to be present uh, in the present moment with it. Other texts you can have in Genesis 24, 3, 63 rather, Joshua 1, 8, when the text says Joshua went over to the fields to meditate. The Psalms all over speaks of meditate. Uh, Psalms 1, verses 1 and 6. It's a good example. The Psalm that... The psalm that uh, teaches us how, or speaks to rather, um, meditation. And I was just trying to find a text so I can read read that up. My apologies for not having it ready uh, right away. So here we go. Psalms 1. Psalms 1. Psalms 1, 1 through 6. Read, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scoffer. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night and so we know that we can't meditate all day long but certainly maybe he's telling us at least twice a day we should meditate right uh, day and night and I love the story in the book of Luke the 10th chapter the story with Mary and Martha 38 verse to 42 where Martha is upset with her sister for not helping in the, while they have guests. And she, she complains to Jesus, uh, don't you see my sister won't help me? Why don't you get her to help? And Jesus says to Martha, 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 you are anxious and troubled about many things, 
but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so, as you know, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet while he was teaching his disciples to sit at his feet and to hear his voice and his instruction. And it's a beautiful, to me, for a story about a prayer and meditation that we have to um, be focused, um, sit down, have the time to just be still in front of the presence of God and for the presence of Christ and hear his voice. And um, so again, all through the scriptures, there's a conversation about uh, uh, meditation and um, that we're called to do it. And the question is, how do we do that? So I'm going to stop there for now. And I'll see you at the next episode as we continue this conversation about uh, prayer and meditation for Christians. And I want to maybe dig a little deeper into some of the texts, even the Greek texts about prayer and meditation, primarily meditation. God bless you. See you soon.